This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The following podcast contains violent scenes, hard drug use, scenes of a sexual nature and flashing images. Now, there's none of that. It does, however, feature strong language. So if you're listening with small children, kindly tell them to... The dickheads. You're listening to the Scarf Bagara War. For county fans, by county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Oh, what a beauty! Oh, what a beauty! I wasted all my life for that! What a screamer! An absolute screamer! What's that coming over the hill? It's the smug, self-satisfied sound of the Scarf Pagala War, the podcast that just won't stop scratching at the eczema that is all things county. I'm Nick. Hello, you cheeky devils, Lee. Joined by Ross. Oh, I drink beer in my shed. Johnson. Say hello, mate. Hello, mate. And Dave, mad for it long. Right, who should I start on first? I don't I don't mean like a verbal attack. Russ, do you want to talk about awards or do you want a story about shitting the bed? I'll have a story about shit at the, the awards. That's the right answer, yeah. Well, your own choice, your own decisions. So, the Football Content Awards are coming up. Oh, who's in there? Who, who can you vote for, us? You can vote for us, can't you? You can You can vote for the Scarf Bagara War. Yeah, so if you go to the website of the... What's the awards called again? The Football Content Awards. It's the Football Content Awards, so you can go to the underscore FCAs on Twitter or footballcontentawards.com and that will tell you how to vote for us across multiple platforms. And you know what? I've been listening back. I thought, because I thought, well, you know, if if the straight, something strange does happen and we do end up in the final, then surely there's going to be a panel that we're going to have to listen. So do we get to submit an episode for the panel to listen to? So I've listened back to some recent ones, and I, honestly, I sound like a punch drunk old smackhead. <laughs> I really, honestly, I even I even shouted into a missus to ask her if I sounded like a punch drunk smackhead, and she just straight away said yeah. I was like, no, no, not. I mean, on the podcast, not in general. <laughs> so, speaking speaking of which, I um, 
I was talking. I was watching the Olympics the other day, and my missus said to me like, "Oh, so football's." I said, "Oh, there's a couple of weeks left of this, and the football starts." She's like, "Oh, for God's sake!" I was like, "Oh, we've got the Paralympics as well." They said, "Oh, I don't think it's fair that." Like, you'd leave it, wouldn't you? If your missus says, "I don't think the Paralympics is fair," you just just don't touch that. But I thought, <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've got to. So that's, that's not fair because they've all got different disabilities. Yeah, but they're not all racing against each other. It's not like it's a, a bloke with one leg, a little autistic kid, and a fellow with Down syndrome just all racing against each other. So, so my my week has pretty much been me explaining that. Right, I don't know who can hear who, but Russ, what's going on tonight? Well, we are delighted this week to have um, the We Are Brighton blog blogger. I suppose is, is is the right thing to say. Um, Scott, welcome, Scott. Hello, thank you for having me. No problem. Um, no less than Facebook and Twitter combined, about 80,000 followers and likes. Is that right? Yeah, I think we're on 48,000 on Twitter, about 26,000 on Facebook, which is not bad. Bear in mind, Brighton have never had a crowd for a home league game above 36,000 in their history. That's pretty impressive. So if you could, if you could share this 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 podcast with your with your fan base that would be pretty good. I appreciate that. so the idea of bringing you on Scott is because there's lots of county connections with Brighton um, and we'll we'll get into some of those in a bit more detail. Uh, what we'll do first is just have a bit of a chat around county and what's happened for our listeners uh, the past week. Uh, feel free to jump in or you can just sit and listen if you want. Um, first thing to mention really is probably that we signed Man United's under-23 captain on a season-long loan. Um, and as we speak tonight, Dave, I don't know if you know, he's actually on the bench for their friendly. Oh, is he now? Mm, mm. Didn't, didn't know that. Um, and that's quite a coup for us, isn't it? Because you'd think under-23 captain, if he's at United or City, they're not... I, I would expect them to go into the championship as a minimum or, or maybe go to Belgium or Holland or something, wherever they ship them off to. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a really good signing. Um, just shows that we are capable of attracting these types of players um, who obviously have a big future. Um, and he's played um, already, hasn't he? Uh, made an appearance for United in the in the Premier League. So, mm. yeah, it's good, it's good to see that we... Um, on an upward trajectory, really, in, in terms of being able to attract um, these types of players on loan. Yeah, absolutely. And and since the investment, um, I mean, you could you could say we are we are we are fishing in a bigger pond these days, aren't we? Come on, I'm just getting them in there. You I'm said you wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, it's funny because when we when we signed him, or it was announced that we'd signed him. Did you see all the replies on Twitter and Facebook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, we're a mackerel a big meal out of it, aren't we, really? Scott, you got any? (laughs) He's just absolutely terrible. (laughs) I don't know what I've signed up to here. (laughs) Um, Sold our soul there, haven't we? We have. We're we're not usually this bad, to be honest, Scott. I hope we've not just signed in for the halibut. (laughs) Fucking hell. That was yeah, a good that's one. The best one so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that the bar's been set very high. But... Like, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. That's um, 
Yeah, that's me well, done for the night then. Actually. Yeah, well, I, I, I was said to Dave earlier, I quite like my nickname for him that, that nobody responded to on Twitter, which was Hasrod. Hasrod Wilford. I, I liked it, I think. I liked yeah. it I liked it in my head anyway. Whether I actually <laughs> went as far as clicking the button, I don't know. It went right well, over nobody, mine, so... Well, it, well, nobody clicked the button, Nick. Absolutely well, it, nobody. It went over my head at first, and then I thought, well, maybe I'm the problem. I bet Russ, Russ was sat there doubting himself, just like, no, it's the kids that are wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't get it, so I just stared intently at it for half an hour, and then it just it came to me. <laughs> um, yeah, we were just on the signing of, of Man United's under-23 captain, just saying that it's more of a championship club, isn't it, that you'd see that sort of signing go to? Yeah, because it's a player they've actually, who's actually got a, a future there. They actually see him being in the first team. Um, it's not. It's not like in the when, when we've had players from Premier League clubs in the past. If you look at how, how many of them have gone on to play regularly in the Premier League, especially the ones we've had since we've been in non-league. If you look at like the likes of Dyson and Thornley from Everton, uh, they they didn't go on to play. In, uh, I think Thornley played Championship. I don't know about Dyson. Yeah. No, I think I think the last ones we had were probably probably Ruddy and Forster. Oh, that, Dean, that kind. Dean Henderson as well. Oh yeah, Dean Henderson. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm. yeah not yeah. only not 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 only England, uh, not only United, but went on to play for England as well. Yeah, the lot. Happy days. Um, so yeah, let's hope he makes a good impact, and it's it's probably going to um, change the dynamic of the squad as well. That um, I'm pretty sure Palmer's not going to get as much. Playtime is uh, game time. Playtime, it's game time as he as he has been. Yeah, I reckon so. I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing as much as much of him. It's a shame, but that's it. I don't think he wants a bit of uh, ball playing partnership, doesn't he? At centre back, which mm. I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll get onto later. We will, and then so we, we signed Will Fish on a long term loan. The only other two bits of bits of news that we that came out was that we're not playing City in the friendly. They're under-23s. Yeah, is, is, do you think there's a, a certain view viewpoint in the club that playing City under-23s is a big draw for the fans? Do you in think the club? Yeah, do, 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 do people think maybe that's... Is there an element of people thinking that's a coup that we're playing them? Because it's... It's always it's always underwhelming playing any Premier League under twenty three team in a friendly. I think it's only one of two home friendlies, so you, you could be right there, Nick. Um, I think we've tried to limit the number of home ones because of the pitch and everything. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Maybe they thought, yeah, this is really good. But even the even the Fleetwood friendly is a is a is a Fleetwood eleven. It's not it's not Fleetwood because I think Fleetwood are playing Lincoln that day, aren't they? Um, I'm not sure. No, no, you mention it. When does that season? Yeah, it's a week before us, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, they will be. Yeah, so I can't. Say, it's not going to be. It is a Fleetwood Eleven. We knew that anyway. But yeah, now you mention it. Their season starts the week before us. So that's the fourteenth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 been chosen for a family day anyway. So. Try and get ourselves down to that with our kids. Nick, are you got you, are you going by yourself, Nick? No, I've got a nephew. Oh, of course you have, yeah. yeah and I've got a cat. I've got a cat and a nephew, so you might both come. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea, though. It's a good idea. Hopefully the weather's okay and 
everyone enjoys it. So get a few more bums on seats as well. Yeah, definitely. And then coming to this week, we we played Brighton under twenty threes. Yeah, not a good not a good result for for us. But then again, it's an improvement on the six nil defeat our under twenty three suffered to Sutton United in the last game, I suppose. Yeah, I did see someone tweet that, and I thought I thought they were taking the piss. To be honest, that Sutton beat your under twenty three six nil. Oh no, that um, was very much the case, and I suspect that is why um, the Albion asked for sort of a media blackout of the game. Don't even tweet live updates. Don't tell anyone it's happening, and until the final result was in, because <laughs> we took quite a hammering for for losing six nil against Sutton. So what sort of players would have been in that team, the, the under-23 team? I mean, against Sutton and against us, really, is it the same? I, th- I, t- I take it's the same group of players. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, was, it was billed as an under-23s game, but it was essentially last season's under-18s and sort of the, the under-23s, the development squad players, they've already, most of them have already been farmed out on loan to, to other clubs. So... It was a you know a very young and inexperienced team, and that explains why you know we got hammered by League Two newcomers and and why we 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 lost to you guys. I would have thought I I wasn't aware of this game until about half an hour ago. So <laughs> that shows how, how into pre-season I am. You you weren't aware of it. Were you you Dave? Were weren't you? Yeah. I know, yeah. I knew, I, I, Count, I County announced it. it. County announced it about three weeks ago. Yeah, I remember it being announced, but I wasn't aware until today that it had actually been played. <laughs> oh right, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a decent, decent result. Um, I'm not sure, too sure how the game went. We've obviously not seen any highlights or anything. Um, um, it's good to see Gary Dicker playing as well. Um, yeah, for, for Brighton. It's a, it's a new sort of policy that we've got going on, whereby. I think it was taken from Bayern Munich where we sign sort of one player in, in their late 30s, sort of mid to late 30s, whose then sole job is to play in the under 23s and, you know, pass on experience. They do a bit of coaching with the view to to taking over at some point on the, the coaching ladder, which is um, our former captain. We signed Andrew Cross for the same role. And when Rusk moved up to you guys, he took over as, as our under 23 manager. So it's something that they're, they're quite hot on, and obviously Gary Dicker's well loved down here for being a part of our side that went from sort of League One relegation candidates to pushing for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, legendary performance for us at Wembley in two thousand and eight when we uh, mm. when we won the playoffs. Yeah, we we signed quite a few. Sort of Dicker wasn't the only one we got. Um, Jim McNulty came down, and Tanner Cliff. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Craig Davis, I think. Did he, did he have a spell with, with County? He he was with us yeah. for a bit. Yeah, Glenn Murray. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah, Glenn, obviously, as well. And Liam Bridcourt as well, I think. We both had... For, I think we, Well, we had him on loan, I think. And then he, yeah, he oh, did, did you have Liam Dickinson as well? We did, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> did we? Got some, got some stories about him as well. Oh, you're not the only one. Oh, <laughs> so we've we've actually had Liam Dickinson on the pod telling us his stories. But if you've got any, you know, you feel free to just. Oh, well, did on, he, tell, tell, did on, he tell mention us. what happened to him on a on a Monday night in Brighton? Um, doesn't ring any bells. No, so, um, go on. So he obviously Brighton's quite a student town. We've got two universities, and they do the 
the carnage pub crawls where you pay a five or whatever and go to all these bars and get absolutely hammered, essentially. He went on this pub crawl and phoned in sick to train the next day saying, oh, I'm ill. Probably would have got away with it, but unfortunately for him, the Sun were running a feature on um, <laughs> like the chaos of carnage pub crawls, and he was pictured in the middle of it carrying a passed-out girl up the road into a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Outstanding. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen the image actually. Not that I buy the sun, but it's just on the rounds, isn't it? Yeah, and that was. Um, I think that was sort of a week before Gus Poirier arrived as manager. So one of Poirier's first jobs in charge of Brighton was sorting that mess out. Needless to say, Dickinson was gone in the next transfer window. <laughs> yeah, it's funny actually because I didn't realise there was that many that had been at both clubs. Now, now that you've just now that we've just reeled off a few, like Liam Bridcut. I mean, he was when he. I know when he came to County on loan, he he was he, he just he was a step above everybody else. Probably two steps, to be honest. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was by far and away our our best player when we went through the leagues. And I'm not really sure what happened to him because you know he went to Sunderland for. He obviously worked really well with Poya. He went to Sunderland for three million and then just never really touched the Premier League, which was a surprise because he looked like the sort of player, you know, mm. sat in that defensive midfield role who technically good, who really should have thrived in the top flight. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. And, and Dicker, I know you said we just we, we touched on him before. Is there anything you could tell us about Dicker? I mean, he obviously went to Scotland for a bit, but he was really, really good for us uh, in, his, in his younger years. He, he, I think he played for you after us, didn't he? Yeah, it, it was, well, it was funny how it came about because... Um, we signed him on loan in 2009, which was the season where we looked absolutely doomed to relegation from League One. I think we were we were something like 12 points adrift with six games to go. And that was the season we played you guys on the last game of the season and had to win to stay up. Yeah. And for some reason, it wasn't, you know, when most loan deals, it's put in, isn't it, that you can't play against your parent club. But for some reason, that didn't happen. Dicker played for us against you. We won that game 1-0 and sort of, that's a real turning point in our history because if we hadn't have won that game and if we had have gone down that season, you, that, it was that summer when Tony Bloom took over with all his money. Um, would he have done that if we were in League Two? Maybe not. I don't think Poirier would have taken a manager's job in League Two, which means that we don't suddenly start shooting up the leagues with a completely different culture. And all of a sudden, Brighton in the Premier League playing to sold-out crowds at the Amex looks very, very different without without that victory. And that's part of the reason why Dicker is, you know, so well loved because he was one of the few players who went from a struggling League One team to basically pushing for the Premier League. I think Poye did such an overhaul of the squad. It's probably just him and Murray and maybe Adam Elad were the only ones who who actually went on the entire journey. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, that um, 2009, sort of the end of that season, was also a bit of a turning point in our history as well. <laughs> the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to administration then. It was also yes. quite um, before we were we appointed Russell Slade that season who kept us up. We actually, I think we agreed compensation for Jim Gallen, but he turned down the job at the last minute. So if he had to come to us, you know, would he have kept us up? And that's another one of those you know sliding doors moments where you think, what if that had have happened and we hadn't have got Slade who who did the job? Yeah, I remember the game well. Um, actually, it was at the with Dean, wasn't it? And yeah. and um, remember remember going down for that. And I don't a, a, a sort of a a journeyman scored for you, didn't he? Um, what was his yes. name? I forgot. Um, Nicky Forster got the goal. 
That's it, Nicky Forster, and in, in, right in front of us as well. Um, and I just remember like being on the bus going to the ground, and all you know, Brighton fans are saying, "Look, you know, they're even with." I think I think we just had our points deducted, uh, and we were still we were still above you. But at the end of the day, after the one after you after you got the one 0 win, you you went you leapfrogged us, didn't you, and went above us? But yeah, I mean, was, we still survived. But it was a, it was a weird sort of thing because we were so far adrift, and then. The, but the bottom of that table was so congested that with the win over you, I think we ended up finishing sort of 17th or 18th when we could have gone down yeah. that day. It was a weird old season. Yeah, it was. It was for us as well because the, the very next season we went, we just completely capitulated and that was the, like Dave says, that was the turning point for us that we we just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Um, and went into regional football. Um. So that, that they were the old ones. Uh, yeah, Jim McNulty played for you as well, did he? Yeah, I didn't, didn't realise that. We signed we signed him for about um, we signed him for quite a lot of money. I think it was like one hundred and twenty five thousand, which was a, well a lot of money for us back then. Mm. And but within sort of four or five games, he had this freak injury. We lost four 0 at home to Crew, um, and he collided with someone. But it it like ruptured his something happened to one of his kidneys. I think it was a rupture. So he had to have that operated. He had to have that taken out, and he was out for you know, the best part of a year. And then he was obviously never quite the the same player, which was a shame because when we signed him, he he looked like you know really really good prospect. Yeah, he was a good player for us as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, remember being pretty, he was good in League One once he for us. I remember mm-hmm. a, a, was it a three nil win against Leighton Orient? He scored scored a glancing header. Um, you know, and then were the days. They, they were the last good days for us, really, weren't they? When we were, we were in League One, and we were, I think we got up to fifth in League One before it all started to go to ratchet. <laughs> well, let's not get that. Let's not get into that now. We've got a full. We've got a full podcast series about that called Dark Days. Should anybody want to listen to it, just search for that on uh, on Spotify and Anchor. Um. So, 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 I mean, the connections keep on coming, and if we if we bring it sort of more towards modern day, um. Obviously, we've got Ruskus from your under twenty threes. We we got McGee, who was I don't know what he was doing when he I guess he was at Brighton doing something I don't know. And then we've got Beard recently, who was your under 18s manager. Um, what can what can you tell us about those three? Oh, well, probably lots really. But go on, you you take it away. Yeah. Um, so uh, Rusk was you know he's he's very very highly rated. I think he. He nearly took the Cambridge job a year before he, he rocked up at County. So I'm not sure what happened there because it, it looked to all intents and purposes like he was going. But then something obviously happened at the last minute. And he's he's someone who's been marked out as, you know, being a number one one day at, at some level. And it was a bit of a surprise really that it was National League level, like no disrespect, because the way he sort of, I don't really know if it's still the case, but the way he wants to play football is he is very much the Brighton way and the way we play with, you know, the nice potable passing triangles. And you're probably constantly told that you can't get out of that league playing that way. So it was a bit of a, of a strange fit, but we were all sort of, everyone down here was delighted to see him, him get the opportunity, especially at a club where you seem to have, you know, decent backing. It is a it is a big club for national league level. And if, if he gets things right, you know, you could take you guys back to League One potentially, which would be fantastic for him. Um, Beard is a in a, a little bit of a more unknown. It was a bit of a surprise that he went because 
like you say, he was our under 18s manager. The under 18s were, were doing really, really well. Um, he might have potentially been looking at the under 23 job at Brighton. Maybe when he didn't get that overlooked for Cross, he decided at that point, you know, maybe it's best to, to move on. And I think that's a very shrewd appointment. As for McGee, um, he was our manager between 2003 and uh, 2006, took us, won us the playoff final, the only time we've ever won a, won a promotion through the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure what he was doing, actually, before he ended up being county assistant. He um, he has a season ticket at Brighton, so maybe that's where the, the connection is. But I wouldn't have, other than him being an ex-Brighton manager, I'm not really sure how Rusk would have known him, but... In terms of experience and, you know, having been there, done that, he's been a manager for, what, 20, 30-odd years. He's obviously played under Sir Alex at Aberdeen. And I think when you've got a young manager like Rusk and a, an inexperienced coach like Beard alongside him, you need someone like McGee who can bring a bit of experience and that. And, you know, from from where we see it, that, that's a pretty, pretty strong coaching team you've got. Yeah, certainly. I think there's been an element of people wondering what exactly it is McGee, McGee's doing there, but you've just nailed it there. It is a, it is a young, up-and-coming coaching team. They've still got a lot to learn, so to have someone who's been there and done that seems it's a no-brainer, really. I don't understand why people are getting het up about it. Yeah, I think I think when he first came, and I'm just thinking back now, he was the Scotland assistant manager, wasn't he, when he came? Um, but I don't know where the link with Russ comes from. Uh, maybe that's Simon Wilson's knowledge and, and, and connections. But I, I know when he when he first came, people on Twitter certainly they were saying, "Oh, bloody hell, he, you know, he's he's an old manager, old old style." There's some stories about him, you know, about <laughs> kicking <laughs> off with fans and all oh, sorts of stories about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, well. I'm, you, you can tell us some of those stories in a second, but I I, I I like what you just said there, Scott, about about sort of the backroom, you know, our, our staff. And what we've done, just to just to let you know, is we've kept uh, a, a chap called Dave Conlon on, who, who sort of with that continuity. So for all the upheaval that we've had, it, it, it sounds like they're sort of moulding us into into that Brighton model. That's that's what I think anyway, Um don't know what don't know what Nick and Dave think, but I've, I've said it on a couple of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right, yeah, mate. That, on that. It's it's a it's a good phrase out that kind of model. Yeah, we're, we're trying to emulate the clubs like Brighton and like Brentford and teams like that who have been in the sort of second and third tiers for a long while, and that's the kind of size of club that we are, and that's where we should be. Yeah, um, we're, we're mm. trying to emulate those types of clubs with the, the similar setup off the pitch. Yeah, and 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 Scott, just to let you know, I mean, county fans listening to this will know um, our our aim is to get into the championship within seven years, uh, due due to the investment and the, and the takeover. So we are going places, and if Rusk, you know, if Rusk is really highly thought of at, at Brighton, then he's he's. It sounds like he's the man to take us there. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that he's the sort of. It, it sounds a bit strange, but he's the sort of manager whereby. The higher level you go, and the the better the players, the better football, the more he'll be suited to it. So, if he gets you out of national league, he should, in theory, be better at, at sort of league two level. And then if he gets you out of that, he'll be better at league one level. It's just, I guess, it's just taking that first step to get out of the national league in the first place. That's like me on football yeah. manager. That <laughs> <laughs> flying through them leagues. 
It's it's a it's an horrible lead to get out of though with the two promotion play. You only got one automatic. Oh, it's horrible, it's, yeah. And th- this is the worst year yet as well, I think. Yeah. In terms of the, big, the big clubs up there and money money teams as well, yeah. It's it's going to be a long horrible season, I think. It is, yeah. But when you say the money teams, I I only count two money teams. I don't know if do you, do you, do you count Notts County in that as well? Or, uh, the, with the else? signings they've made, I certainly would. Notts and Chesterfield, I'd say. And Chesterfield as well, yeah. They're, they're the big money, big fan base clubs. And then you've got, I think Dagenham will be up there as well. But based on how they finished last season, they don't seem to have been weakened in terms of personnel. So I, th- I think Dagenham could surprise a few people as well. Yeah, I think if Dagenham are up there, I don't think that'll be a surprise. But there will be a surprise package as well. There'll be a club that does well mm. just, just, just for nothing. You know, like Sutton, they'll just do well for whatever reason, won't they? And, Bromley, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bromley and Woking is what a few people tend to be tipping for the outsiders. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, Scott. <laughs> you, yeah, you, were yeah. Tell, you were telling us about just, about Rusk. It's just mad hearing you guys talking about the National League and names like you know Notts County and Chesterfield, and they're teams that even sort of you know. 10, 15 years ago, Brighton were playing and getting beaten by, and the National League's just crazy for the amount of, of big clubs that are in it. Yeah, yeah, it's because, that it's be- and I think we know why, don't we? They've been mismanaged, and, and clubs like Crawley, Fleetwood, those types of clubs have have, have, have benefited from that and, and took the place. Oh, well, us, you know, us as well, you know, so... Um, yeah, it is, it is strange hearing those teams. And, but for me, it's strange hearing Brighton in the Premier League and Bournemouth in the Premier League, or or Hull or Swansea, because they were when I when I was growing up watching County, they were all the clubs that were in and yeah, around same. us. Yeah, yeah, it's just it just shows, doesn't it, that management works two ways. Really, if you're mismanaged, you can easily tumble, but if you're well managed, then it's especially these days when clubs, you know, bigger clubs sort of, or the clubs are associated to be big, like Forest, and before this season, Leeds, they should be Premier League clubs, but. They've been overtaken by clubs that are better managed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, if we weren't mis- if we weren't mismanaged or you know grossly mismanaged, then I'd say we would probably be still be in the football league. We'd still be in, we'd still be knocking about in League Two or League One. Um, but then when you get a club like ours, like yourselves as well, or Swansea, and they get that investment, and you're and you're already in the football league, then the world's your oyster, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's and it is. It's 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 all about money, isn't it? I mean, people used to describe Bournemouth as a fairy tale, and that just used to get me because they wrap <laughs> up sort of fifty million pound financial fair play losses, and they're bankrolled by a Russian sort of. Well, who knows what he does, but he's got loads of money, and and we're, we're the same. It's just if if we didn't have Tony Bloom, you know, I mean, Bloom is owed the best part of four hundred million pounds by Brighton and have Albion, and we're just lucky that that loan will never, ever get called in because he's a lifelong supporter. And it's just, if, if you end up on your feet like we have with someone who supports the club, who's also happens to be very, very, very rich, then, yeah, the world is your oyster. Yeah, I mean, our current owner, um, Mark Stott, um, not sure he's a county fan, but he's certainly from the area anyway, so that always helps. And, yeah, so far he hasn't, you know, Hasn't let us down on and off the pitch. Really, he's done done a lot of um, massive redevelopments to to the ground um, over the last 
sort of 12 to 18 months and done a lot of community work as well. Um, meals for kids, uh, underprivileged kids thing over Christmas and donations to the NHS as well um, when COVID kicked off uh, last year and delayed the season. Um, so yeah, yeah, and they're donating certain percentage of the new shirt sales to, to charity as well. So yeah, yeah, really good. It is pretty good, and he, he has stated as well, and we, we've said this on the pod before, but you know he wants um, he wants training facilities within the borough, doesn't yeah. he? And I know we just we just bought Stockport Town and PFA uh, Academy, so that all looks like he's a, he's going down that philanthropy route. So he wants it to be he wants it to be for the community, for the town, but also that sustainability of getting those kids in and having an academy and and, and working it that way, much like. It sounds like is, is is that something at Brighton as well, Scott? Yeah, is the parallels are so sort of obvious, and I always I always think that you can tell if you've got a, you know an owner that's interested if they're willing to put the money into the infrastructure, almost over the the plain the plain side of things. And like if he's if your chairman's redeveloping your ground, he's investing in the local area. That means he's there for the long haul. And he's actually interested. He's not just coming in almost like Bournemouth have done in a way in that they came in, they didn't improve Dean Court. It's still, you know, the same stadium it was in League One, but they just chucked loads and loads of money at players. And eventually that's not sustainable because you've got to have something that can back it up. So we've obviously got our stadium, we've got our, our nice shiny new training ground. And without the training ground, we wouldn't have the academy. And without that academy, you you don't have the players coming through. Like we've now got... Ben White coming through, who we sell for 50 million. That's a training ground almost paid for. Mm. If you've got mm. the infrastructure, that's the best place to start. That's, that's something I, I've always felt passionately about as well. I think that's one of the best ways, to, you know, no matter how much how much money your owner's got, you need to set that sort of stuff in place. And yeah, like you said, one sale of one player and it's pretty much paid for itself. That's outstanding. Yeah, it's good. And he's only the first as well. There's going to be others. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get them wonder kids coming through, aren't you? Um, So tell us about, I mean, you've you've, you've told us a bit about Rusk and a bit about Bird. What about McGee? What what sort of stories have you got about McGee? (laughs) I think think uh, whoever described him as old school probably is uh, the most accurate sort of way of... uh, of describing him yeah it's, oh, there's just sort of there's tales about you know the night before the game uh, the team would go and stay in a hotel obviously and McGee's assistant manager having to pull him out of the bar because he's drinking red wine at four in the morning and there was um, I think one of my well two of my favourite Brighton stories ever involved McGee and it, it was in the space of about six months we played Burnley away um, when we were in the championship we drew one all but McGee hauled off um, a player called Mark McCarran at half-time. And he was so angry with him that he, when McCarran tried to get on the team coach after the game, McGee just said, no, you're not getting on. So he had to get the train home with all the supporters. Took his, carrying his kit bag, wearing his tracksuit, looking completely bewildered, walking around Burnley Town Centre trying to find the train station because McGee wouldn't let him on the coach. And then sort of, yeah, six months after that, we were away in Southampton um, McGee dropped Michelle Kuypers, which was quite a big call because Kuypers was, you know, number one, um, long-established number one in favour of playing. 
a young player we signed on loan from Rennes called Florian Chagny, who was probably the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this obviously didn't go down well with Kuypers. And Kuypers, before he became a professional footballer, he was in the Dutch Marines. So he's not someone you want to be messing with. McGee being an angry Scotsman, obviously that didn't phase him at all. Kuypers was told to get on the coach, sit down and shut up. Um, and then Leon Knight started chirping up. By the time I think the coach had got sort of halfway from the hotel to the to St Mary's, and it was it was essentially in the middle of the New Forest. McGee heard enough and just chucked Leon Knight off the coach in the middle of the New Forest. It's just it's just stories like that, and you just think you'd never get away with that these days. And it it sounds like he was a bit of a joker and a chancer, but he was actually a really good manager for us. He he got promoted out of the playoffs, which no Brighton manager's ever done. He kept us in the championship when we had a, an awful squad that should have been relegated. And yeah, he was just a bit of a character. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did at Brighton. I used to follow Leo, Leon Knight on Twitter. And I tell you what, that guy could do with being taken down a peg or two. So well played, Matt. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, Leon Knight, is, he scored 27 goals in, our, in, the, in that playoff promotion season. And any other striker in the world who scores 27 goals in a in a playoff promotion season is worshipped for all of time by the club he does that for. But Leon Knight is such a little, well, mm. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine that he's, you know, people in Brighton just, just can't stand him despite everything he achieved at our club. It's, it's sad in a way, but yeah, the fact that McGee chucked him off the coach in the middle of New Forest is wonderful. Really, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Cause we, we, we arguably have one or two in our squad that, that, Maybe McGee would chuck off a coach. <laughs> don't 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 wait. Yeah, I'd say I'd say yeah. so. Yeah, I'm, I'm naming no names though. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going there. I'm not. I mean, we don't, we, we're not exactly certain if any of the players listen to this, so we better not name names. You, you know, you, you know, you are lads. Sort yourselves out. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you don't want to be stuck in the middle of the new forest when you play Eastly away, then <laughs> don't get on the wrong side. <laughs> it's funny though, isn't it? Because one of our, well, Jim Gannon, our previous manager, I think, did, did he get chucked off the Port Vale coach when manager, he was, yeah. when he was manager of Port yeah. Vale? So yeah, just left him um, in the services apparently. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's kind. Of, I mean, for, for for a backroom squad, you, it's a bit. It's like a, it's like a team. It's like any team. Is you need different characters, and maybe maybe Mark McGee is the back. It's like the Avengers, isn't it? Yeah, it they all that. need different powers. Yeah, <laughs> but, when, but when they yeah. come together, that's how you get promoted to the football league. I think sort of the the way I would look at it is when we appointed Sammy Hippier. He was a young manager who had he he'd done okay at Leverkusen, but he hadn't really done anything. You know, he'd never managed in England and he was a bit inexperienced. And he initially wanted to appoint Sammy Lee as his assistant, which would have been perfect because Sammy Lee's got that experience. You know, he's he's coached England. He's been assistant to, to Big Sam. He'd, he'd worked at Liverpool. But that Sammy Lee at the last minute had a change of heart and went to Southampton. Hippier essentially did not have an assistant for the first half of the season and he, he lost his job. And you just wonder if it had, would have been a bit different if, he had have had that voice. He could have said, "Well, this happened to me ten years ago. Let's not do that. Mm-hmm. It might not yeah. work." And that's why I think if McGee is, if Rusk comes up with some terrible idea that McGee's seen before, at least McGee can say to him, "Well, I'm not sure about that." And that's, I think, that's essentially what he's there for, really. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rusk has won the divi- the division we're in twice. I think. Am I right in saying twice? I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah, definitely once. It's possibly twice. Yeah. So, so he's got the experience of of being in this division and the and the, and the level that you have to have it. I, I don't think McGee has, which was quite a surprise to us. What the you know the why he dropped, especially coming from the I mean Scotland assistant manager. You can argue that the Scotland national team's national league level, couldn't you? Um, if they're lucky. <laughs> um, so it's quite a sh- it was quite a shock to us. It was to me that he, that, he, that he dropped that low. So, he, but it kind it does make sense, doesn't it? You know, like you said, if 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 he's got an idea on the training pitch or during a match, then you know he's McGee's got that experience to say, "Oh, hang on a minute," and he's probably got that not just the experience, but the the standing in the game and the profile to say to Rusk, "No, I don't. You, you're doing that wrong." Yeah, I, I think if say. Beard was your assistant rather than McGee, and and he's saying to Rusk, um, you know, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. Is Rusk going to listen to him so much? Are the are the players going to listen as much? Because you know, Beard, I think he played for Millwall, but he's not sort of played at that top level management wise. Before he took the the Brighton under eighteen job, he managed in the you know a local non league circuit, which would would have been step seven on the pyramid. He was at a little club called Loxwood and. Um, another team called Hayes Heath Town. So, but when you've got a player like, a manager, sorry, like McGee, who's, you know, won promotions, he's played under Sir Alex, he's, he's won European trophies, he's played for Celtic. I think it carries a bit more gravitas if, if he's saying to a young player at National League level, do this, they're more likely to respect that. And maybe that's also why he's there a little bit because he does add a touch of, you know, being there, done it to a coaching team. Yeah, what was the what was the feeling amongst the fans when well when first when Rusk left to come to us? Um, it's a bit mixed, really. It was a little bit sort of disappointing because he'd done a fantastic job. He took our under twenty threes into the top flight of Premier League Two, so that's the the very top academy league where we'd never been before. Um, he he brought through, you know, Aaron Connolly. I suppose Connolly's been a little bit of a disappointment, really. But he came through under Russ Watch. Steve Alzati has come through under him. Um, ben White, not so much, because he was more of a sort of... He's been on a bit of a loan odyssey, really, rather than sticking with the development squad. But you look at someone like Robert Sanchez, in our, who's in goal for us now and went to the Euros with Spain. He came through under Rusk. So with, with Rusk in charge, you knew that you were going to get a lot of young players coming through. So there was a sense of disappointment that he was... He was leaving us, really. But at the same time, you know, he, he'd been at Brighton for the best part of five years and and you couldn't begrudge him the opportunity to go and to go and become a number one somewhere because that was, you know, he deserved it for the, for the hard work he'd put in and the success he'd had with us. Yeah, are you, are you aware of the circumstances that Rusk took over at, at Stockport County? Um, sort of. When you guys were doing, because I remember there was a, quite a bit of um, scepticism about him going in, because weren't you doing mm. rather well? And then all of a sudden, he was parachuted in, basically. Yes, you, you could say that. <laughs> I was just, I was going to say the exact same, the exact same words there. You could say yeah. that. Um, we've, we've covered it. Many many times. So yeah, I mean that that's pr- that's pretty much what it was. We were doing we were doing well with 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 our manager Jim Gannon, and and he was relieved of his duties, and and then and then Russ came in, and Russ came in pretty fast as well. So 
um, we, 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 do, we did wonder whether that was already it, sort of a done well, deal. Well, if you remember, we, we recorded a podcast after straight after Jim Gannon was sacked, and within half an hour of us starting, Rusk's name was already out there. It was already pretty much nailed on, nailed mm. on that he was having the job. Take yeah, but do you know there's 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 no secrets at Stockport County though, is it? I mean, you know, we we we've had some you know secrets that are, well, they're just not secrets, mm. are they? Everybody knows about everything, don't they? <laughs> Very leaky. <laughs> Very leaky. Um, just like our defence for about ten yeah. years. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean uh, the thing with Rusk now is we're you know we're pretty pleased with Rusk. I would say I know I know I certainly am, and he's he's he seems to be getting a tune out of the lads. The, the one thing that has disappointed us, I say us, I'm, I feel like I'm speaking for everybody. I'm not, I'm speaking for me. The thing that's disappointed me is his is, is seemingly lack of ability to change during a game. And I don't I don't mean go from a tracksuit to a suit. I mean, I mean the, you know, the, the dynamic of the game. Sometimes he waits too long. Yeah, I, I guess that might have something to do with the fact that he's never managed a you know, I, I don't want to use the competitive because obviously development squad football is meant to be competitive. But in Premier League two, the aim isn't to win matches; it's to develop yeah. players to mm. so they learn. So if you've got, say, for example, a wide man who's having a bad game at national league level, you want to haul him off and get someone on who can make a difference. Whereas, yeah, at the, in development football, you give him longer in the hope that he learns from what's happening or turns around the corner or improves. So there is that sort of element to it and I do wonder if a little bit of it might be because he's worked alongside Graham Potter who is the complete opposite makes completely unnecessary changes in every game and Russ probably might have thought Christ this is an absolute nightmare I'm not going to be like this when I get a job No but he's, um, he, has, he has done done quite well over that sort of last third of the season he, we, we our form did nosedive quite a bit when he took over uh, we, we did struggle for a um, month of six weeks or so, um, but, but from then, uh, I think we lost in March and we beginning of March actually, and we didn't lose a game until the the playoff semi final. Yeah, went eighteen unbeaten, didn't we? Yeah. So so yeah, I mean he took over at the end of January and we were a bit ropey, and then like I say, lost beginning of March and didn't lose a game till the uh, till the playoffs. I always think that's a it's a good sign if you go on a run like that at the end of a season. I know when we won when we won the Division Three title in two thousand and one, we went fourteen unbeaten at the end of the previous season. That carried on, and when we won League One under Poyet, we we had a stunning second half of the season because we looked like we were going to go down when Gus arrived, and we survived. And next season we won the league, so it's obviously good if you know you're building momentum, and then that carries on into this year. Oh, I like that. Mm. Sounds good. that sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like yeah it does. Yeah, it does. And eighteen games—it's—it's it's almost half a season, and it's like wow. Uh, you know, you go and beat them for half a season. Um, no, that's pretty good. And, and Mark Beard, is there anything? In it, you know, how, what were the fans like? Because this was really recently. You know, Mark Beard leaving for Stockport. I know you. I know you mentioned a bit about his history there. I, I, um, I read a report recently. He didn't rule out uh, Brighton and, and, and County having. Uh, loan exchanges, obviously from Brighton to County, not from County to Brighton. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the sort of thing that that Brighton would be looking at because uh, Tony Bloom bought a club in Belgium called Royal Union. I think it's called Saint-Gelis. I'm not going to try and do a French accent because it's just 
going to sound like I'm from a low low or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. He bought this Belgian club and, and um, with the intention of farming players out to it, it's where Percy Tail went to qualify for a work permit. We sent a couple of other players there. We've also announced a, a link up with Hibernian. And naturally, the natural Brighton thing to do after that is loan a player to Hearts and Aberdeen and not Hibernian. So I'm not sure how on that will last. <laughs> but yeah, these sort of strategic look, um, link-ups are something that the, the Albion are quite hot on. And and when you look at sort of the links that are between us with, with Rusk there, with Beard, with McGee, if Brighton loan a player to County, they know that that player is going to be playing the way that Brighton would want them to play for their development, which is mm. absolutely crucial, really. Um, yeah, Beard is a, he's a funny one because he just sort of seemed to come from nowhere and ended up with the under 18s job a few years ago. But like I say, he was managing on our local non league county league circuit. But yeah, the under 18s have done really well. I think they went on a record breaking run in the, the FA Cup last season. Um, I think they were almost in title contention at one point as well, which isn't bad when we're in a league with likes of United, Chelsea and, you know, clubs who have got real powerful academies. So there's obviously something about him as well. And, you know, you've got two two managers there who've worked with talented young players who know how to get a tune out of young players. And, and I think that encourages not just Brighton, but other Premier League sides to, to loan you players knowing that they're going to be developed well. And that might have also played a part in why you've managed to get the United under-23 captain for the season. Yeah, I was just thinking that myself. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right there. Cool, right? I think. Well, I've I've, I've exhausted everything that I wanted to say. I mean, I know we mentioned Collar and Barkley before, but Collar Collar came to us from Hamilton, um, and I think he was in your under twenty three setup, or or maybe earlier, maybe younger. I'm not sure. Do, is is there anything you've got on Collar for us, or is it is he just completely under the radar? He yeah, he was. He was under 23s and then I think he played, I think he started one game in the the uh, the Carling Cup or whatever it's called now. Um, but other than that, you know, he's we, we have so many players that come through the academy and they all get given opportunities in, in the League Cup and then they just completely disappear again. I think we'll be going that way as well, to be honest, with players disappearing because they seem to have a bit of a B team situation going on but they can't because we, we're still non-league they can't play in any FA recognised competitions for development teams so it's just going to be a matter of playing playing friendlies against other teams academies when they've got a weekend free um, so I think I won't be surprised if that's a similar thing I think players will showcase themselves there and then go off and get a, get a club elsewhere so I think, I think that'll be something of a revolving door as well yeah, it probably links in with Stockport Town a little bit as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, which which you know what for my money, it's it's around the same level that, that Scott's talking about where Beard's yeah. come from. It's like it's step seven. I don't I, I don't really know what if if we if we let players go to Stockport Town, which we have done, we just you know keeper Schofield's gone. What is apart from game time against? What's he going to get out of it? I don't. I, I don't really see that. Well, I think I think the hope is that with without because it's not just players that we're sending there. We're sending the coaching team there. Um, I, I think the aim is to get them up a few divisions as soon as possible. 
with our help. And then, you know, there will be more at a level where it's not counterproductive to send our players there. So we'll be able to send youngsters there and, and they, they might be up to like step three or four of non-league by that point. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the hope, I don't know. Yeah. But it's just the, the coaching side of it that's made me think that, really. Yeah, I think yeah. it depends as well, the players that you send out. So, for example, I'd be very uncomfortable about Brighton loaning a, a centre-forward or a centre-mid to a, a club that low down the pyramid because... Yeah. A, they should be too good for that level. B, mm. if they are that good, they're just going to have you know the crap kicked out of them. We loaned a goalkeeper called Carl Rushworth to Worthing, who are essentially two divisions below National South, National North. He was absolutely incredible for them playing in goal, obviously. Um, and now he's on loan at Walsall. So I think if a goalkeeper going to that level is good because it's a position where you can learn a lot mm no matter what level you play at. But you wouldn't want to send a talented striker or midfielder to a non-league because it's just, it's not going to do them any good, I wouldn't have thought. Not that low down anyway. No, and, and my thinking is if 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 we do wait for them to come up a few divisions quickly, I mean, we're planning on doing the same ourselves. So if we're in League One and they've gone up two divisions, you know, or, or whatever it is, it's still the disparity, that you know, the, the gap seems too much still for me. Um Unless it is the under eight, you know, I say under eighteens, you know, the really young ones that we're sending there, which I can understand because you're blooding them and they're playing against, they're playing against sort of, I don't know, hairy ass. Well, men imagine imagine speak, being get, getting kicked about by a load of men when you've barely got any pubes, though. You'd be livid. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, they've, they've sent me here. You're joking. <laughs> You know, you know, we've now got this link with Stockport Town. Yeah, it'd be Peak County, wouldn't it? If we pumped all this money in and sent loads of players there, and they actually ended up better than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're still struggling to get out of the national league ten years on, and they just come flying past us. Yeah, <laughs> start loaning those players. Yeah. I did notice on that statement though when 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 that when that came out that it said that Stockport Town would be independently run. Yeah. But with, with I didn't really know what to make of that. A co- a with the coaching staff with, that we've sent. Yeah, with Stotts money, it's been independently run. I don't really, don't really get that. Um, We're just expanding the empire, it, mate. Look at yeah. look at Man City. No. You know, I was just about to Man, say that. Man mate. City wasn't enough for them. They had to go to New York. Well, we're not going to New York. We're going to stay and have a look around Stockport first. <laughs> so, but I tell you what. I was just going to say they've gone to Melbourne and New York yes. and all over, haven't they? Yeah. But yeah, we've got a club on the doorstep there. But what does please me a bit is um, is when when we did when Stock took over and you know we started to do the ground up and it was starting to look a bit Man Cityfied, should we say? Mm. And, and the new kits, the new kits have come out as well, and we were all we're all thinking at the, at the photo shoot they look a bit light blue. Um, and, they, and they're not either that they, they are they definitely well that are. gets said every year though with, with every single every single home kit we've had for about 10-15 years people have complained that it looks like a city shirt when it never does until it comes out yeah then it, then it and then they actually look at it in person and go oh yeah it's nice that well, still, it's still, not, it's still not dark enough though still oh, dark, oh yeah, yeah it'll, it'll never be dark enough for me a few seasons ago <laughs> Brighton um, ordered their new home kit like for 2004-2005 and they ordered it in the wrong shade of blue so it turned out oh. like an Argentina kit, and then we had to go with it for two years, pretend it was deliberate. 
when everyone knew it was just a complete cock-up. <laughs> well, on the Argentina kits, uh, County were the club who decided to wear an Argentina shirt during the Falklands War. <laughs> so that, that went down well. How, how long did we get away with that for? It wasn't long, was it? Wasn't it wasn't long. About a season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about a season. It's just, yeah, no. It's no wonder we've got all these links. It seems like both Brighton and County are just capable of completing out of cock Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, did you, talking about sort of shirts and things, did you see City's goalkeeper shirt was advertised at 70 quid? Yep. And it's from the catalogue. And, and you, can get it, you, you can get it out of kit bag for 22. Yeah. So they stuck a City badge on it and, and up the price by 50 quid. That is scandalous. It is That's absolutely what, scandalous. We, we had that um, a few seasons ago when Nike first took over. Just a general night kit, orange with away kit with a, a black sash on it. Sunday league teams in Sussex were paying, you know, ten pounds for a shirt. Brighton fans out to fork out fifty-two quid because it's got a Brighton badge and American Express on it. Just absolutely obscene. Mental, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, the last two seasons we've had Puma, um, you know, supply our kits, and they've all stayed at forty pound. Um, you know, for adults, obviously. Mm. Um, so that that's quite. Well. I hope that continues. Yeah, and the, and there's a charity donation included in the shirt, so so I'd I'd be happy paying extra, knowing money's going to charity. So for, for it to stay the same price, and then a percentage of that to go to local charities is very good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Almost makes me wish that I was aware of football shirts. <laughs> no, you're not aware of football shirts, are you? No, I get very very sweaty the material. So, you know, when you're, when you're out all day drinking on a Saturday, the last thing you want to be doing <laughs> is just stinking by about half one. And I might want to go out to a nightclub after. I mean, it's not happened yet, but I might do. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't are they supposed to, like, wick away sweat? 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 sweat. Apparently, to... but I don't think I've got the bill for it. You know, I actually... To, to the thing about the nightclub, I was saying, I actually... One night I went out to a bar after a county game. I still had my county shirt on, and there was a sign on the door saying "No football shirts." So people in United and City shirts were getting turned away. Just let me in. What's the shirt? Yep, no one's going to punch him over this. So it'll be, it'll be fine. We'll just let him in, and he can sit and have his dark fruits in the corner. Yeah, they're meant to be breathable and stuff for us, but it just just doesn't feel like that for me. I don't I don't know. Yeah, actual sweat from physical exertion, like you know, footballers and stuff like that. Not through beer sweats. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not through. I'm the, yeah, I'm the meat sweats. Look at the meat sweats. <laughs> Sitting in the Prince Albert beer garden on a Sunday <laughs> and gr- drinking dark fruit all day. Gravy is really hard to get out of shirts now as well. So that's that's a game changer for me. It's a waste of forty quid for me because it's going to be done in by day two. So I just don't bother. I'm just gonna just gonna sort of fact check, Scott. You know what gravy is, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we probably don't need don't need as much as you do out there, but it's an occasional drink. <laughs> what? Eat it. It's a drink up here. <laughs> get, get, get the bisto yeah. out. <laughs> just just half for me. N- next to the vimpto. <laughs> yeah. The vimpto. Vimpto. Yeah. Good stuff. Right. Well. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on our show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. No problem. Um, yeah, and um, maybe we'll get you back on at some point if we ever cross paths in yeah. the league. Well, if, 
we FA Cup quarter final, February. No, I'm I'm thinking we we've said we've said for ages. Well, I say we. Nick has said that we're going to have one season in the Premier League, so we'll 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 see you there. Well, yeah, presuming we survive that. Yeah, it might, it might be at their expense. We don't know yet. I've not looked into the crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, we might be speaking to you about you being in the Premier League while we're in the National League or something. Yeah. Stranger yeah. things are happening. It's presume, presume that I survive that long. <laughs> don't, <laughs> might take a while. don't worry, we'll, we'll give you directions to Altrincham away. It'll be fine. <laughs> Cannot wait. All right, cheers for that, Scott. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. See you later. Cheers, Bye. Well, I, for one, have got nothing to say now. Well, that's just okay, in it, for you, innit? <laughs> the conversation will miss you then for a minute. Oh, God. That's all um, he talks to me as well. That was all right with Scott, wasn't it? Got some good insight with Brighton. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Especially the, all the parallels with the, the infrastructure and the off-the-field stuff was very interesting in particular. Yes, quite. Yeah, enjoyed that. Because that. that's the stuff that excites. That's what excites. That excites me more than signings. I was thinking yeah. about that this week. I think I'm actually more excited by like announcements about infrastructure than I am about signings. It's like, well, we've, we've signed we've signed thousands of players, but we've not built thousands of training grounds. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, it's, that's probably your age, though, isn't it? I mean, I I get excited about infrastructures and things as well longevity yeah. and legacy but not squad numbers but not squad numbers no because it's 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 for children it's and me it's yeah whereas i get excited about adverts for sanatogen and <laughs> walking back holidays <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that was good uh good insight and then next week we've got bill williams on um the as you've as as someone said to me recently, the stop Fordian Maldini. Oh no, Mancunian Maldini. Sorry, Berezi. You say Berezi? Yeah, he, deci- he, didn't. he decided on Berezi in the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, said Maldini first of all, but then chose Berezi instead. Other than that, though, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, he's <laughs> got to alliterate. He's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to have alliteration, hasn't it? Ma- Mancunian Maldini sounds better, doesn't it? Alright, how about the, how about the Bezic no, Berezi? I don't know where he was born, so... The Bezic Berezi. The, um, the... The... The Har- Bradford... Go on. The Bradford Berezi. There you go. The Harper Hey Harry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Fells with Flinny. Oh, I like that. I like that. He's going to turn up on the podcast now and tell you if he's actually from Yorkshire. He was lying all along. And then we're going to have a right set of dick. <laughs> so, yeah, so that'll be good. So we've got Bill Williams on next week. Um, what else? We're into, uh, we're into parish notices. Um, Dave, blog, when's your next one coming out, bud? I'm probably doing a season preview. Um, so that's going to be out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, just time for the season starting. So, yeah, the Kevin Francis one uh, is um, already already up and available to read. So I released that uh, sort of last week. Uh, that's doing quite well. Um, a lot of people have read that so far. So yeah, yeah, um, check that out. I I have checked it out, dear listeners, and I think it was fantastic. I very much enjoyed it. It took me back to a golden time. Yeah, yeah. 
when Bill Williams was playing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Link- he was born in Littleborough, by the way. Oh, right, okay. All right, um, just give me a minute. We can just edit this silence out while we all think. Uh, something something up there. Uh, Centre half is sitting in uh, yeah. Uh, Lucio. Very good. The little, the little bro Lucio. Very good. <laughs> yeah, still niche, but I get you. That's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's, that's, it's classy niche, though, that, isn't it? I mean, I think he won a World Cup, did he not, Lucio? No, yeah. no, he didn't, did he? Did he? Did he? 2002? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's not what you've been working on. Let me Google Lucio as well now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so we got we got the little Brelucio on next week. I'm sure I'm sure he'll thank us for that. He's probably not even listening. Um, so that's good. Um, as per usual, normal stuff. Check out the Fan Hub app. Please listen to this in the Fan Hub app. It does us a massive favour. Uh, but obviously, still available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, um, and all other good podcast players. Have we got anything else? I'm spent. We did the we did a competition to win a t-shirt, the the Legends Back Four t-shirt. Um, and congratulations to Jimmy Hanford who won that randomly. Yes, I've, I've been in touch with him to check that he's received it, and he has. So well done to us, well done to Jim Hanford, and well done to Royal Mail as well. Well done all round. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Postman Pat. Well done to well done to Nick for. Been able to get off his ass and put some pants on and go to the post office. Well, my missus had a jacket to return and I had to go and take that anyway. So, fair enough. So, I thought, well, I might as well. Two birds, one stone, you know. I'm nothing yeah. if not efficient. I even got myself a banana Yazoo milkshake while I was in the shop as well to drink in the queue. But I, went, <laughs> but I paid for it first. I'm not one of them who went and, who went, goes and drinks it and then takes the empty bottle up to the guy to scan. No, no. I, uh... You see, I do, I do, it, that, that's okay in a supermarket, though. No, it's no, not. God, it is. No. Control your children. Oh, no, no way. The worst oh, one it... was when you see a kid eating from a bunch of grapes, and the mum will say, "Well, I'm going to pay for them when I get to the till." So, well, no, because you pay for them by the weight. So, what we're doing? Are we, are we measuring little Tyrone's <laughs> shit or something? <laughs> Eat as much as you can before somebody spots you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's how I interpret buffets. It's not eat as much as you like. It's eat as much as you can, as far as I'm concerned. I I think there's a competitive element implied. Yeah, buffet food, it's just there, isn't it? You have to carry on eating. I mean, it's more than you would normally eat for a, a normal meal. Yeah. And you just yeah. have to carry on, don't you? It'll only it's get chucked away otherwise, won't it? Yeah. And no one wants to see sandwiches in a bin. No. Talking of buffet food, one of the options for the corporate at County is Hot Buffet, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, th- I think it's 35 quid pre-match. I think you see this you see the speaker with everybody else and it's a hot buffet. Hmm. Not bad. We when could you... also we could also neatly segue into the uh, the football content awards and maybe Well let's hope we do. Um thank you to everybody that's voted so far and if you haven't please do vote for us um is, is what I'll say. Um yeah, by by all accounts, I think we've got quite a lot of votes. I'm not saying we're going to be there or we're going to win it, but we've definitely got more than we've ever had when we've done this in the past. If we, if we do get enough votes to go, 
I hope they tell us if we're going to win or not, because it'd be a real pisser to track all the way down to London and then not win. Where's it at? London. <laughs> no, but we're specifically in fucking London. <laughs> it's quite a big place. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's an hotel, isn't it? Some fancy hotel. Hey, hey we could get we get a room, couldn't we? Chuck a telly out the hotel room window. Cause, cause I I've been when it was the football blogging awards. I've been. Oh, have you? And it was at City. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, this will be happy. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see the pitch and everything. There you oh. go, Ross. You like that. Oh. So, what happened? At the Football Blogging Awards? Yeah, yeah. Should I tell you the story? Yeah, come on. Yeah. I don't think I've heard it before. It's fucking great. <laughs> right, so a bit, of a, a bit of backstory is that I used to write for a couple of websites and, and someone actually used to pay me to write for them, yeah? Oh, Fucking perverted. It's <laughs> just odd, isn't it? Deviant. Yeah. Um, but the website, I won't mention which one it is. He's not going to be listening anyway, because it's been years since I've written for him. But the website was nominated in a couple of categories in what was then the Football Blogging Awards. Um, but kind of covered podcasts and, you know, all, all, you know YouTube and stuff like that. Um, and the owner of the website was from India, and obviously, there's a bit of a bit of a distance between the Etihad and India. So <laughs> he messages me, said, "Do you fancy this? Because we can only send one person for free, and it's a city." So I thought, "Yeah, it's about ten minutes from my house, and um, it's a you know um, quite a well-respected and um, quite a big event. Um, it was you know a suit and tie job, and I thought, yeah, it's fucking sound this, yeah." Go Go to city, um, you know, a few free drinks, and you know, maybe collect an award and have me have me picture taken. Um, and but then it got weird because I think we're all a little bit introverted, aren't we? <laughs> especially especially writers. Yeah, I think we kind of like to kind of express ourselves through like dance through, through the medium through the medium <laughs> of words, <laughs> and um. So I, I I am particularly introverted myself, so it got weird because the the guy who on the website was like badgering me about things that he wanted me to say there and <laughs> and, and networking and you know sponsor seek out sponsorship opportunities and shit like this. And this is all before before, and I thought I was just going to be on a bit of a jolly up, you know, yeah. and, you know, get pissed on a free bar and um, you know wobble home at midnight, but he. he <laughs> fucking email me an acceptance speech. So if we won, this is what I had to would have had to have read out. Yeah. Um, it, it's fucking so curlingly bad. Oh, um, I'm so excited. So he so says, you know, read this out. You know, practice it and, and memorize it and all this. And um, it, it it started. I read the first the first paragraph because the rest of it mentions names and gets a you know. I can't mention those people. Um, it says, art and football are more or less the same thing. <laughs> it is the process of seeing ourselves in meaningful things that are not us. 
What? <laughs> hang on, hang on. Even though being true to the game and curating on only the finest literary content meant funding issues, the end product is ju- is justified the arduous process. Oh, it's like Sood's Corner in Private Eye. Hang on. A number of top talents have been on this journey with website, I won't mention who it is, and we have come a long way together and it would be a crime not to mention them at this stage and then it goes on to... Um, you know, mentioning who, who else writes for them, but yeah, I was like, yeah, oh. "Fuck that!" There is no way on God's clean earth I am fucking reading that out. No way. Oh, that, that's outstanding. Just, I, I was done at the first line. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh. More or less the same thing. God, some, someone's been listening to too much Nessun Dorma. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that, and I, you know, you know me. I was like, "Yeah, fuck that. That's not happening." So I thought, he's not going to know, is he? Because I'm the only one there. So no, he's not going to know whether I read it or not. Yeah, and, and now you're off. Uh, and and that, that's, that was only part of it. But then it got worse, because then like as the days got a bit closer to the event, um, he was messaging me about things to remember. So uh, just just a general reminder, pictures... Please carry a camera with you. It is best to click pictures on a smartphone as it will be easier to email me them from your phone. What? <laughs> I shit you not. And, uh, shit, where is it now? Oh, here we go. In case we win and you need to go on stage, please hand over the phone to somebody else so that we may get the video of your speech. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know... Um, so yeah, that was, that was like before it. So I'm like, you know, fuck this. There's no way I'm doing any of this shit. So then he messages me like the day before and goes, yeah, they're streaming the fucking award ceremony live. I'm going to watch it. So I was fucking dying. Absolutely dying. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to read this fucking speech out if we win. Oh, it was just, it was just, just, just horrible. Um, so edited highlights of when I actually got there. Yeah, I was on a table with all the content creators. Yeah, I didn't know, didn't, didn't know them at all. Um, this guy sat next to me goes, uh, so how many followers have you got? I was like, fucking no idea. I'll just, just write for these, these, these guys. Oh, yeah, we've got, we've got 36, 36,000 on, on Twitter. Like, fucking, these, these guys are serious. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, and... What I did in the end was just not win. Just literally fucking die every time they read out <laughs> the, next, the next award, and it comes to us. We were about sort of fifth out of about twenty, and I was absolutely shitting myself. I think I'm going to have to get up in front of about five hundred people and read this, read this bloody, uh, read this speech. Unfortunately, we didn't win. And I was, I've never been so happy not to have won something in my entire life. <laughs> oh, boy, it God. <laughs> so, to, to, to save myself from any further fucking introvert nightmare, we had the free meal, which was like pie chips and mushy peas, but not like kind of Hollands. It was like proper nice posh. Yeah. One, of the, one of them where you get like three chips. Yeah. Yeah. In, mm. a, in, a, in a little basket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had that, and then I fucked off. 
Excellent. <laughs> so you, you, were definitely the, you were the real winner that night, ironically. You went over empty handed, <laughs> but you were the winner. Yeah. Um, and, and the guy emailed me uh, the next day and, you know, I said, how oh, was it and everything? And I lied and I just said, oh, it was great. Yeah. It was really, really good. And I picked up a flyer while I was there because, you know, he's gone on about sponsorship opportunities and all this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I picked up a flyer while I was there and I, and I took a picture of it on my phone and sent it to him. Because there was no way I was fucking approaching people and talking and fucking networking and that. It's not happening. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, it's horrible. So if we do, oh, if we do get to go, only one of us is going. It, it costs like yeah, hundred quid. Want, yeah, you're, yeah, you, you're, you're going, and we're going to write a speech for you. Awesome <laughs> football. Or it's actually the same thing. I'm going to read that speech out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, it was horrible, though. It really was. It was just... Uh, I was absolutely shitting it all night, thinking we're going to end up winning this, aren't we? But fortunately, I write, I wrote from at the time, so... Yeah. <laughs> I knew we wouldn't. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff, yeah. Well, if it is, I think if it is in London, we'll have to... And we do win, we'll probably just join by satellite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and accept it, accept it that way. Oh, can, can we get someone like super famous who lives in London to go and pick it up, go and collect it on our behalf, like Pete Doherty or something? If you can get him to do it, then yeah, happy days. I reckon well, I could, we, you know. It was the stranded hat we had on. Yeah, stranded. We'll, we'll send stranded friend of yeah, the podcast, Will Howell. So you can, yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, we'll send, we'll send him down to the. Oh, he'd, he'd love that. All that he's, a, he's an actor, isn't he? All that networking, doing... Oh, oh. He's not having yeah. my buffet, I tell you. <laughs> oh. Good stuff. Right. I think we'll uh, we'll call it on that on that high note with that very good story, I think. <laughs> not going to get any better than um, that. So, yeah, if, if, you've, if you have forgotten, then we are, we are going for the content awards. Best in non-league. Hashtag best in non-league, so... So, to do that for us um, and yeah get voting and I think that's it so let's close it up and we'll speak to you or you'll hear us next week you will cheerio bye listening to the Scarf Bagara War written, edited and produced by Russ Johnson, Nick Lee and Dave Long. For more information visit www.scarfbagarawar.co.uk Thanks for listening. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 